I remember it was winter break. I was staying at Tommy's, um, which is what I pretty much always did when anytime we were on break from school, I would spend more time at Tommy's house than I would at my own house. And Tommy's dad was always super cool with that. But his dad wasn't even there. His dad went to, I don't know, it was probably like some farmer conference. He would go away for weeks at a time um, traveling, um, usually around the States. And I remember looking out in Tommy's field and not the initial field, but like there was a field right behind, like about uh, a good football field beyond like his initial like yard property. And I was like, I didn't realize you guys were watering. I thought we harvested that already. And he said, we did. I said, well, did you guys install a lake or what? And Tommy looked out the window and he saw what I saw, which was just water everywhere. And he's like, oh shit. And he busts out the back, busts out the back door, takes off running down the field. Of course, I chase after him. I was always chasing after him. I run after him and we get out to the field and like we're getting soaked in mud as we're like approaching. And we get to one of the irrigation pipes, which had burst. And I remember, I remember it was, it was happening to a lot of farmers in the area because the winters were so cold. It just hadn't happened to Tommy yet. And I remember, so we go out there and it's like gushing and we're doing all these different types of things, trying to plug it up, which of course it's like, it's huge. We're not making a dent at all. Um, and eventually we get the water valve shut off. And I am, we're both just like soaked. I remember, so we had, it took us like legit, it took us like three hours to get this thing like, because, okay, so what we did was like it bust, it burst open and we would shut off the water and then we try to stop it. We try to like plug it up. And then we turn the water back on and it would hold, it would hold and it bust open again. And we kept doing this. I don't know. We were so dumb. Like we could, we should have just shut the water off and called it a day. But of course we tried to fix it and we were so like spent and tired and wet and cold and muddy. <laughs> but I remember by the time when we were trudging back to the house, like just soaked and caked in mud, we were just screaming at each other the stupidest things. He was like, why the fuck did you let this happen? I was like, I can't control the weather, you dumb bitch. Fuck you. He looked at me. He was like, fuck me. Fuck you. And then we just busted out laughing because it was so stupid. But one of the things that I loved so much about it was that <sighs> even when me and Tommy fought, it was like we could fight. And it wasn't weird. I like that I could fight with Tommy as much as I could be easy with him. I remember taking off everything but my underwear. I know where you think this is going. This is not going there. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. I could have just, you know, we could have just gone there. But I don't want you to be disappointed. We're not going there. Um, exactly. And I remember taking off everything except for my underwear. And Tommy did too. And I went to shower. And Tommy went to shower. And by this point, by the time, I mean, it took us like two hours to get this thing like settled because we kept like trying to plug it up. We would shut off the valve. Then we try to plug it up and then we try to turn it back on and it would always just, it would just go gushing anyway. And eventually we're like, we're just going to have to leave this thing off and call the, um, the county, which are the county irrigation 
district or county irrigation people are the ones that handle that sort of thing. And they were the ones who, you know, but they were crazy busy because so many other people were having issues. Um, Anyway, I remember going to get cleaned up. And that night was the first time I was staying at Tommy's house. That night was the first time that we slept together. And when I say slept together, I meant slept in the same bed. Before we ever kissed or anything like that, I'm talking about a year at least before, there was already so much like physical intimacy between the two of us. We would talk, of course, forever. But I remember that night in particular, and this isn't like an an uncommon thing at the time. And it really, it was not sexual. I mean, it wasn't sexual. It wasn't for me. And I'm the one who like hard pursued guys after but um I remember so I'm like sitting up against his bed with my back to the mattress and Tommy's laying on his bed with his head hanging off the back hanging off upside down with his head hanging off the side of the bed and his head is resting so that his cheek is touching like my ear and like we're just like touching and like talking to each other and when we when that would happen, there were these moments where it almost felt like his voice was coming from inside me. And it was just this weird amount of closeness that wasn't even a thought. By the, by the time that it was happening, we were already so close that it wasn't even weird or a thought. It was just what we did. It was just how we were. And even like Tommy's dad, like we would... It was so non-sexual, so non-romantic that we never even thought to like hide it from like Tommy's dad. Like we would sometimes, this is going to sound weird, but we wouldn't really do this much around people. Like we would like hold hands in a way or Tommy would walk up to me and like wrap his arms around me and like take my hands. It would look super, super, super gay if you didn't know us. And as I'm saying this, I'm, I'm thinking about Ralph and I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Okay, maybe we'll revisit that later. Never mind. So anyway, so we're sitting and I'm sitting against his bed and he's leaning like with his head back and we're talking and eventually we say goodnight and I lay down and Tommy's quiet and Tommy just kind of looks at me and he says, you know, bed's big enough for the two of us. And I was still cold, kind of from, I'm like, kind of cold from, you know, having been hosed down. And the idea of being in his bed felt like a good idea. But also, the idea of just being close to Tommy was always a good idea. And I didn't refuse or act weird. I just climbed in. When I think back on it, it makes me wonder what Tommy's dad must have thought we were. It wasn't sexual. I told you, like, when it became more, when it became physical, we interacted like that twice. Once was everything, and the second time was not. 
But for years, anybody from the outside looking in, at least when we were semi-alone, like we wouldn't do that when we were out with the guys. We wouldn't do that when we were around our friends at school. But even like when I think about Tommy's dad took us camping once, I almost said where? <laughs> Tommy's dad took us camping once. And I remember we drove his truck up there. Tommy's dad was driving. And me and Tommy were in the back seat the whole time. And Tommy would just like, he would lean, he would like, he would sleep on my shoulder. He would like, what would you, what, what do you call that? Like nestle up against me? Snuggle, I guess. And I would always let him. And I would always embrace that. And Tommy's dad, who wasn't a man of many words at all anyway, um, he never said anything about it. He never said anything about it. I never, I always thought Tommy's dad looked at me like I was maybe kind of like a son. But more than anything, I used to really think he just thought of me as like a, in a way, like a designated driver. <laughs> because Tommy and, you know, his dad always knew that Tommy used substances. And Tommy wasn't the type of person, once, especially once he got like late teens, mid to late teens. Like he stopped really listening to what anybody said. He wouldn't even really listen to the things. I mean, he would listen to what I said, but I couldn't tell him what to do. He would consider it. And if it gelled with him or if I could persuade him, that's cool. But if not, he just did what he was going to do anyway. Um, but I always thought that Tommy's dad thought of me as like a, when not a designated driver, more like a son. It didn't occur to me until reflecting on all of this that maybe he thought we were something else. You know, Tommy's dad was very stern, very strong, very much his own man. And we were not from a town and a time. We were not from a town or a place that really looked kindly on progressive things, if you will. But if Tommy's dad was okay with something, he wasn't about to let anybody, just like Tommy, was not about to let anybody tell him that it was perverse. So I could actually, while at the time I couldn't imagine him being okay with something, like a relationship between the two of us, I could actually see him now being like, this is what my boy likes. And if anybody tries to fuck with him, I'm going to fuck him up. Tommy's dad calls me up and he tells me where the memorial is going to be. And he also tells me that if I feel, you know, most of the town's going to be there. If I feel like it's like, you know, uncomfortable, he totally would understand. And I thank him. And we hang up. So the day of the memorial comes. Um, and I drive up early in the morning to the church. 
Tommy nor his dad really went to church that often, but his mother did. And this is her church. And I step in as quietly as I can. You know, everything's already going on. It must have just started. And I kid you not, he built an older building. <laughs> I step in during a quiet moment and the ground creaks. And everybody turns to look. Everybody turns to look. And I'm just standing there like, oh, shit. And I'm seeing faces of people I haven't seen in years. And I look around and I can see some people making faces that are like, you know, not approving. I'm just like, where am I going to sit? And I look in the very front row and I see Tommy's dad. And he motions for me to come to him. And I do. I walk down the aisle to the very front of the church. I see Ralph. I see the whole football team. I see some men dressed up in military uniforms. And I take my seat right next to Tommy's dad. A very beautiful woman sitting next to him. And two children. A boy and a girl. Tommy's dad puts his arms around me and he hugs me, which really gets the church talking because everybody knows Tommy's dad is not the hugging type. And I hug him right back. I look over Tommy's dad's shoulder and there's a little boy sitting next to who must, what must be his mother who's holding a baby. The woman's holding a baby. And I'm looking at this little boy that's sitting next to her. And there's no denying. It's not even the striking blue eyes. It's none of that. It's, it's nothing physical at first. It's his... Curiosity. He's sizing me up. He's sizing up everybody in this room. And he's bouncing around like kids do. There's no other kid, that, there's no one else that kid belongs to except Tommy. I have to hold it together for the rest of the certain, but I have to know. There's no way these kids are not Tommy's. There's no way that little boy is not Tommy. There's no way the little girl, I can see it. So I just sit there and I'm bouncing. And, you know, people are getting up and talking, talking about how well they know him, how well they knew him, what he meant. Old coaches are up there. People in the military up there. And I just sit and listen. And a couple of times I glance over at Tommy's dad. And he's, you know, very stone-faced, which is his natural face. 
just looking straight forward. If there's anything going on in his mind, you never could tell anyway. So after the service lets out, everybody's gathered out on the front lawn talking. Um, you know, some people are crying. A lot of people are just, you know, having conversations and I'm on a mission. I have to find this woman. I have to talk to her. And she had gotten out of there, out of the service so fast um, that I didn't get a chance to just stop and talk to her there. But I go out and I'm looking around and I see her and she sees me and she gives me kind of like a knowing head nod. And I, excuse me, I walk up to her and I just look at her and I look at the kids and I look at her and I look at the kids and I look at her and I'm like, oh my God, she must think I'm crazy. Say something. And I say, hi. Um, and she said, I know who you are. And I don't have anything to say. She's holding her baby. And I just look at the child. It's a little baby girl. And she says, this is Shaylin. I'm Skylar. And I said, Skylar, it's nice to meet you. And of course, I say hi to little Shaylin. And she says, you know, I used to be so jealous of you. And then she starts to tear up. And just as that's happening, the little boy comes around from behind her and walks up to me. And knowing, okay, I'm just going to tell you, I felt like he was so in tune with his mother's emotions that he felt the need to intervene, which is so Tommy. It's very junior too, but it's so Tommy. And like, he comes in between, he's like, what's up? And I said, what's up? And he says, he takes his thumb and he points to himself and he says, I'm Jameson. And my mouth dropped open. I went wide-eyed. I look, I look up at Skylar and she just gives a head nod. And I said, Jameson. I said, that's a good name. And he says, thanks, what's yours? And I just laugh and I say, my name's Jameson too. When I would stay at Tommy's house, it was always like my thing. I would do like the dishes. Sometimes I would even like cook and stuff too. And Tommy was really into cooking too. So we a lot of times we would do stuff together and call me naive. It just didn't occur to me at the time because we weren't like that. We weren't, we weren't sexual. Even though like I was in love with Tommy, I wasn't thinking about sex as much as I just liked his closeness. And I like to look at him. He was really nice to look at. Um, but it wasn't like, it didn't become sexual until it became sexual. Um, it didn't become sexual until, you know, much later on. At the time, just having his friendship and his warmth was like, completely fulfilling and I think about like he would we would do something together like for dinner and we would eat Tommy's dad you know we would all three of us 
would, you know, eat at the table. Me and Tommy would talk and goof and just talk most of the time, almost ignoring Tommy's dad because that's just the way he was. And then when we were done, usually I would clean up. And there were these times where, and Tommy's dad was around. He did. He just did it with his dad around. He would. I didn't think anything of it either. He would. I would be washing dishes, and he would like come up from behind me and like wrap his arms around me, and rest his chin on my shoulder, and and hold me and like rub my belly, and it always felt so nice. It was just like his way of saying hello. Yeah, it just felt really good. I didn't think anything of it though. It wasn't like. It wasn't sexual like that. At least it wasn't for me. Looking at it on the outside, if I was Tommy's dad <laughs> and I had the mind that I have now, I would have looked at that and been like, oh my God, you guys are a couple. Maybe I wouldn't say, oh my God. But I would just think like, oh yeah, that's what it is. And I remember this one time we were chilling. Same camping trip. I remember we were riding back and we had fallen asleep in the back. And Tommy had grabbed me around my midsection and was like holding me like a teddy bear. And I remember feeling him and rubbing his head and just kind of like gently stroking him on the forehead while I rubbed my fingers through his hair. And I remember my eyes slowly opening and seeing Tommy's dad's eyes through the rear view mirror glaring at us like looking so hard and i remember it scared the shit out of me and i just pretended like i was asleep <laughs> i was like oh my god and it didn't occur to me until rifling through all of this stuff like oh my god at least when we were alone at tommy's house or around tommy's dad we look like a freaking couple man and i i hadn't even remembered us having this conversation except for that I remember thinking oh that was kind of strange because Tommy's dad didn't speak very much anytime that he would have any sort of conversation usually it was like I need you to shape up or I'm going to the store or something like that you need anything that type of thing like he was very everything was everything was I mean he was a guy Every he was like that I shouldn't even say that but he was very much, you know how there's like that type of man whose relationship with other people is all about efficiency? Like Tommy's dad didn't say anything really unless there was business to be had or unless something needed to be handled. You know, I'm going to the store. What do you need? You're not doing X, Y, and Z properly. You need to shape up. Never any feelings. Never any, how are you doing? Those types of conversations were just not, first of all, he didn't waste words with pleasantries. Um, but also, they just didn't seem to have very much weight with him. And I remember this one day. I was sitting out, I was, I was working for Tommy's dad at this time, and I was sitting out on um, a tractor. I didn't use the tractors, I just was chilling. 
And I remember he, he walks up to me and I felt kind of like I was on, I was on lunch. I was clearly eating, you know, but I still felt like the need to get up and start working. Cause I didn't like him seeing me sit, even though when I was supposed to be sitting, taking a break, I didn't like for him to see me doing it. Um, and I remember he came up to me and he sat down and was just quiet. And I was like, this is kind of weird, kind of uncomfortable. <laughs> and he said to me, I forget what we were talking about. But I was like, oh, my God, he's talking to me. And in that conversation, I remember him saying something to the effect of. You can't be concerned about what other people think about you. Doesn't matter what you do, somebody's going to have a problem with it. So you just got to live your life. I wonder. I wonder. And then I think about how just a couple of months ago, me and Amir were hanging out. And Tommy's dad ran into us. And I introduced Amir as my boyfriend. No doubt that was a confirmation that me and Tommy were a couple. He didn't know. But what's the difference? Like, really, what's the difference? I love Tommy. I loved him. I love him. And it was more than just a friendship. And our closeness, I mean, yes, I was attracted to him, but I wasn't going to go there. And also, too, I was still so young. Like, I didn't really think about sex like that. I mean, I know there's a lot of guys that do. To me... Going all the way with Tommy back then would have been like a kiss. And then I could have just survived off of the the energy of that kiss and the thought of that kiss. And I would have played it over and over and over in my mind and been completely happy, sex not included. I didn't really become very sexual until I turned like 18, 19. And I didn't have sex until I ran away and came to the city. I stayed the night with Tommy's dad, with Skylar. And we spent, I spent a long time talking to Skylar. She wanted to know stuff about Tommy, about how we grew up. And I had to sift through what I felt like Tommy would be okay with me sharing. She wanted answers. So Tommy didn't marry her. They had kids together, but Tommy didn't marry her. Um, and she kind of left Tommy because of his behaviors. But she loved him. She loved him as much as I loved him. And so I told her a lot. And I told her the things that would let her know why Tommy couldn't be the stable, the, uh, the safe Tommy all the time. And when she understood that, she seemed to relax. 
we go back to Tommy's house. Um, and I make dinner for the kids and Skylar and Tommy's dad and myself, and we eat. And we clean up, and the kids are bouncing all over the place, and me and Skylar get a chance to talk, and Tommy's dad goes outside, and he's sitting out on the porch, out looking over the field and whatnot. And Skylar asks me, what I would assume, what I would want to know, she asked me, what was he like when he was a kid? And I said, I met him when I was like 15 or 16. So I didn't know him too much before that, but probably the same way you know him, I know him, at least in his behavior. And I told her, you know, about Tommy's ups and his, his, how he could kind of bounce all over the spectrum and she just kind of laughed to herself. And he, and I said, but the best parts were when he was chill. And I could see the pain grip her face and tears are coming out of her eyes. I don't know what to say to her. I don't know how I'm holding it together. I mean, I cried. But I didn't feel sad. What I felt, when I felt sad, it was just remembering all of the pain that I know that he felt and the fact that I wasn't able to fix it and that he suffered a lot. Even with me around, he still suffered a lot um, on his own. So I changed the subject and I told her about a lot of the goofy stuff Tommy would do. And I told her about <laughs> all the trouble that we used to get into sometimes. All the trouble that I would be associated with because I was next to him. <laughs> and, um, you know, just stuff. And I told her about the music. She was surprised at the music. She had never heard him sing before. She didn't even know that he would write. She met him on bass. And she said, <laughs> much like me, that she was in love with him almost instantly. When you know, you know. And Tommy just had that ability to affect anybody he wanted to. And if you were lucky enough, he wanted you. She told me that Tommy talked about me every day. She told me that he talked about me in his sleep. She told me that she knew that he was in love with me and that it would make her jealous and how could she be jealous of another man and she said that hurt her and it confused her a lot and she said not because she thought that Tommy would cheat or that Tommy was gonna be unfaithful to her but because she couldn't 
fulfill him. I went out on the porch and I talked to Tommy's dad and I said, I need something from you, sir. And he just kind of looked at me and I said, I want you to come stay with me. And he laughs. And I said, I'm serious. I mean, not forever, but I just want you, I don't think you should be here in this house right now. I want you to come stay with me, even if it's just for a week. I want you to come stay with me. He didn't say anything for a long time. He said, I got a business to run, son. And I said, I know. I know. I know that you have that. I started running down the list. I said, I know you got to do this, 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 and this. And I know that once that's done, you're going to have some free time on your hands. And so I want a commitment that you're going to stay, that you're going to come visit me and you're going to stay. And I said, how far, how far along on the process are you? And he said, we've been going for two weeks. I said, good. You got two more weeks to go. And then you're coming to see me. And until that time, I'm staying right here. And I did just that. I stayed at Tommy's house in Tommy's bed for the next two weeks. And it's amazing. You know, there were times where I would get up and I would just feel like I'd have to reacclimate myself to where we were. I was more at home at Tommy's house than I was at the house that I grew up in. I was more at home at Tommy's house than I was in the apartment that I stay in, stayed in at the time. And so it was like being back home. And every day I would make every meal. I clean after every meal. Um, Shay, uh, Skylar, Shaylin, Jameson. Oh my God. They stayed for um, three days. And I spent a lot of time, a lot of time hanging out with little Jameson. He is his father's son. He is, I said that wrong, didn't I? He is his, yeah, he's his father's son. I said it right. He is his father's son. I'm sorry. Um, but yes, and it was, a very, I can just describe it as healing. It was healing and it was incredible to the point where when the two weeks were up and I had to go back because I couldn't stay any longer, um, I had to go back and go back to work. Um, Tommy, something came up at the farm. Oh, that's another thing too. I went right back to work while I was there helping out with whatever needed to be, with, with whatever. Tommy's dad needed in the field. And so anyway, once the two weeks were up, I go back down to where I am. Also too, I should say this, um, I made arrangements with Skylar and I want to, I want to be, I want to be in the kid's life. I didn't say that, but I think she could sense it. And so 
Anyway, we're going to work that situation out. So I remember getting up early one morning. I don't know why I just, I just was up and I started to go out and just get my stuff prepped for, I was going to go out and um, help Tommy's dad out with something in the field that day. And I don't know, I was just antsy. So I got up and I go outside. (laughs) I go outside. Oh boy. I go outside and I'm getting ready to go into like the, the shack behind the house, the barn behind the house. And um, as soon as I step out the door, I see a man standing in the drive area. Now, mind you, this is in the middle of nowhere. It's early in the morning. My first reaction was, ah! You know, like, I was like, I started to scream. And then the guy, I didn't really start to scream, but that, that's how I felt. I was like, what, what is going, I don't, mm, what is this? And he hears me come out the house and turns around and I see that it's Ralph. And then I really want to scream because I'm like, you know, are you coming to shoot me? Ah! You know what I mean? Are you going to, are you going to shoot me? Like, what's going on? Why are you here? Why are you here so early? And I'm trying to like put this together and I'm like, Hey, and he's like, Hey, I'm getting ready for him to pull that gun out any minute. And he says to me, I'm just so sorry, dude. And he just bawls. And I grab him because he's like sunken in on himself. I feel like he's going to fall over. I grab him and I hold him. And I'm like, what's going on, man? And he's like, he just is repeating it. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And finally, when he's able to speak he says it was me you know i told every i told everybody that you attacked tommy i made up the lies about or i made up the I said the lies i made up the whole thing i made it all up i just wanted you i just wanted him back And then he cries some more. And I say, I know. And he seems surprised. He said, you know? I said, Tommy told me. A few weeks ago, he came to see me. He told me everything. I didn't know that you guys were a thing, but I knew. I'm telling him this. I didn't know that you guys were a thing but I knew that you did not like us being as close as we were. And he just kind of nodded his head. And Ralph said, I'm sorry for all of it. Sorry for the way that I treated you. You never were anything but nice to me and I couldn't stand it. It drove me crazy. And it drove me crazy that even when I could, Beg Tommy to be intimate. I knew it was you he wanted the whole time. You didn't deserve it, he said. And I just said, thank you. I told Ralph, 
I 100% forgive you. None of that stuff even matters to me anymore. And he looked at me for a long time and he said, you know, this is going to sound really pathetic, but I used to actually say to Tommy, what does he have that I don't have? And Tommy would just say, Tommy wouldn't say anything. He would just shrug. And Ralph said, I never got an answer to that question. Ralph says, you know, Tommy was always afraid that he was damaged in some sort of way, that he was broken. He needed somebody who could really, really, really love him. Ralph said, I got my answer. And like we embraced. It was tough. And we talked for a while. And I asked him if he wanted to come in and have breakfast. And he said, no, I got to go. And as he was walking back to his car, he said, I'm engaged to a man. And we're good. I said, do your parents know? And he shook his head. He said, they know. They know. We don't speak anymore. But I'm trying to be. I'm trying to be the man that I should have been. Ralph drives off. And I'm just like, shooketh. Jameson is standing there in his PJs. Just staring. And he's like, who was that? Just demanding. It's so Tommy. Like, who is, like, not, I sh I not even demanding, just kind of like, I asked the question. I will have my answers. And that's all there is to it. He's like, who is that? And I was like, it's an old friend. And he kind of like chews on it a little bit in his head. He's like, hmm. Was he a friend of my daddy's too? And I said, yeah. Yeah, he and your dad were really good friends. And he's like, hmm. Okay. And goes back in the house. So two things happened when I got back down to where I live. Um, I went back to work like normal. Well, a bunch of things happened. But anyway, I went back to work like normal. It seemed like... You know, it just seemed so weird that the world was still spinning. Nothing had really stopped. Um, the other thing, I got a call from Miguel. And I'm like, hey, what's up? And he said, hey, how are you? And I said, I'm good. He said, happy birthday. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's my birth. Like, I legit forgot about all of that. And then it hits me. I wrap up the conversation with Miguel and I run to my room and I open up the gift that Tommy had gotten for me. And it's a giant journal, the same one that he's had for as long as I've known him. And I don't think I can handle reading what's in it, but I open up the first you know, open up the binding. And the note read, 
Hey, Jameson. If you're reading this, I've done a thing. And I hope you can forgive me. I know I haven't always been the best friend to you, but you've always been the best friend that anybody could ever ask for. And I hate to ask you to do anything else for me, but I need you to do something for me. And there's a phone number written there. It's Skylar's phone number. And he says, I need for my kids to know somebody like you. I need for you to be in their life. I love you more than you can ever know. Tommy. Speaking of my forgetfulness, um, the other thing that happened was I completely forgot I was supposed to be meeting with James and Samantha. Samantha had picked out all of these baby names and we wanted to kind of narrow it down and choose. So I go over to their place and Samantha lays her binders out on the paper and it has the names and the origins and, you know, what these names, you know, what the names mean and all this stuff. And they pick some pretty like cool, but like out there names. And I'm like, I'm just silent as they're going back and forth and eventually they start fighting. <laughs> and I'm just like, part of me is like, how are you guys ever going to make it? <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I know that's not, <laughs> I know that's not exactly a nice thought, but I just was like, wow. Like, wow. But it's kind of cute, honestly. And they're going back and forth and going back and forth. And finally, when they're mad frustrated with each other, Samantha goes, what do you think? And I just look at them. And I said, his name is Thomas. Can you believe that this is the completion of season three? I know this was this was a really, really kind of dark and rough season. And thank you for making it this far. This means so much to me. Um, little housekeeping note as well, too. You can always support the podcast through the Anchor link. It helps me make more episodes in a more timely manner. But also, too, I actually now have Cash App specifically for this. Um, so if you want to do like a one-time donation... Uh, that would be awesome. It's Mr. Brooks Confesses. No period or punctuation, just Mr. Brooks Confesses, confesses is my cash app. I'll put that in the description box as well, too. But over everything, thank you so much for being here and supporting. It means everything. <laughs>